I can remember it. It was a Tuesday afternoon and I'm sitting there and I'm no longer working. I no longer have a job. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? You know? So um, it was shortly thereafter that, you know, some of my past clients called me and said, Hey, we need some help on this project, need some help on this. And that's where I grew and started my next company, my current company, Positive Polarity. And that's basically how that all started. Have you ever let stress get the better of you? Want to know how to maximize your productivity? My name is Tommy Bowie. Follow me as I deep dive into the minds of successful entrepreneurs and industry professionals on the tools, tips, and strategies they use to overcome stress and boost productivity in their daily lives, especially when the going gets tough and the stakes are high. This is the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. After almost 30 years of starting his own company and growing it to $10 million in annual sales before selling it, he realized his passion was helping companies thrive by overcoming their natural tendencies to retreat, not talk about the hard stuff, and spin their wheels on the wrong things. His company, Positive Polarity, acts as the opposing force against the easy way of doing business, the way it's always been done, with a positive and encouraging approach. His most recent book, Growing on Purpose, was an instant number one Amazon bestseller in three categories and will help strengthen your team and improve your customers' experience. I have here with me today, Dave Melinda. Dave, thank you for coming on the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. Absolutely, Tommy. How are you doing? I'm good. Dave, I wanted to get you on the show today because you have a unique approach in helping people grow their businesses. Sure. Your approach is one of positivity and engagement, but also there's the aspect of challenging ourselves and not taking the easy way out, yeah. which is exactly what the Stressless Entrepreneur is all about. But before we discuss business, are you able to tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Oh, for sure. So thank you so much for hanging out with me on your show for a little bit. I am in the Midwest of the United States and I am a business coach currently. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, I owned a business and had 22 people on my team and we did about 10 million in annual sales in the products that we sold. And so I took those, you know, tenants that I learned and that information that I learned from that time and, you know, have been coaching for the last eight years and actually just started my own podcast recently. So mm-hmm. I was super excited to see the stressless entrepreneur because so often here in the States and you can, you know, attest to, to your world, but here it's, you know, stress is kind of like a, a badge of honor that people wear. And so I, I try and debunk that myth because I don't really like seeing stress. You know, there's not a lot of positive that ends that way. So focus a lot of time on, on making sure we minimize stress whenever we possibly can. Yeah. The company that you grew to 10 million in annual sales. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit more about that journey and that growth? Yeah. So we started, I started that business in 91 and we had no dollars coming in. We had $0. We were selling construction products. Mm-hmm. And we basically sold, you know, products to builders, contractors, remodelers, and we just grew that. I grew that to 10 million in sales. And a lot of it was learning about the people that were on my team and also learning about my clients. I do a lot of disc work, the personality profiling. So, you know, I spent a lot of time and have spent a lot of time in that area, Tommy. So that's kind of wh- how we grew was by growing the people around us and by growing the companies around us. Cause we figured if I could keep my customer in business, 
then the likelihood of them keeping me in business just grew that much better. So, so that was our focus. And was there a point, you know, you know, you started in 1991, but at what point did you say this company, I've grown it to where it is today. Let's see if I can do something else and start leveraging another type of business. Yeah. So that was about 2013 is when, you know, so for us in the States here, 2008, we had a terrible recession and it really was, I mean, at that time we could have easily closed our business and we made the conscious effort again to say, Hey, if we can keep our customers in business, they would keep us in business. Mm -hmm. So I started to work on business coaching for my customers and it was, you know, just everything we could do to keep them in business. And I just realized at the end of that in 2012, 2013, once that bad time in the economy passed, I could continue to do what I was doing, but I really found my passion of coaching and helping other people. And so that's when I sold my interest in my company to my partner and said, Hey, I want to do this full time. So I can remember it. It was a Tuesday afternoon and I'm sitting there and I'm no longer working. I no longer have a job. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, what am I going to do? You know? So um, it was shortly thereafter that, you know, some of my past clients called me and said, Hey, we need some help on this project, need some help on this. And that's where I grew and started my next company, my current company, Positive Polarity. And that's basically how that all started. Yeah. I do want to talk about your journey in throughout the GFC and see if there's any similarities with what's happening at the moment with COVID-19. Um, okay. But, but before we get to that, you know, I want to point out that you were able to have the opportunity to follow your passion when it comes Correct. to business coaching. Right. So, tell, so tell me more about Positive Polarity and yeah, who it is that you're helping at the moment. Oh, for sure. So uh, 2013, people as well as today, I mean, nothing's changed. People, yep. you know, you'll find people that are really good at what they do. I mean, they're, they're really good at their craft. They're really good at their trade, whatever it is that they do, they're very good at. They just, re, you know, the best entrepreneur realizes that they have a limited amount of ability. Yep. So they take all this ability and they create a product or they create a service or they do whatever it is that they do. Well, they forgot the fact that they need to build a team or they forgot the fact that they need to offer the best customer experience that they possibly could. So what I realized was that there's, you know, there's three major parts to any company. It's the product or service that we have. That's one. The second is the team that we have to back that. And the third is the customer that we sell to. Mm-hmm. So very many of my clients and very many of the businesses in the U.S. are fantastic at their craft. Yep. They just struggle with the team part or they struggle with how do I give my customer the absolute best experience that they possibly can. So that's how that whole thing started was by realizing that there's a lot of companies out there that need a coach. I mean, for us, um, you're in Australia, right? That's correct. Yeah. So, you know, for us here in the States, I mean, I, you know, a guy like Michael Jordan, I think he was one of the best basketball players to ever play. Well, why did, what did he need a coach for? Or what did Tiger <laughs> Woods need a coach? You know, you start looking around and thinking about these phenomenal athletes and somehow they all needed a coach. So that's my 
suggestion is finding a coach, finding a mentor, finding somebody in your business that can help you with your blind spots and actually grow in areas that you didn't even know that you were struggling in. So that's really what a, a coach does is come alongside somebody and help them, you know, in those types of situations. Yeah. And it, it's almost as if, you know, the coach is there to kind of get the that type of thinking away from you so that you can focus on the things that you love doing and the things that you're best at. So if you're right. an entrepreneur, it's the being the visionary, you know, it's it's that forward looking. So the business right. processes part of it, it's kind of like you can build a team in that approach yeah. or you can get other people to support you, which is something that an entrepreneur usually forgets about is, you know, I need to do everything by myself. I need to be the jack of all trades in a sense, whereas right. just introducing a coach and kind of getting that guidance to moving in this direction can right. immensely help in terms of not just efficiency, but stress as well. Yeah. And I think that when a company, when an individual male or female, when they first start out in the entrepreneur vision and they, they want to do this, a lot of times we don't have the money to have all these coaches and all these people. So at first you do all your own invoicing, you do all your own, everything you create your own website, whatever. But as you grow your business, I think the smart entrepreneurs then start to align themselves with partners that really can come alongside and help them. And that's really what my success has been is finding the right people to say, hey, you're way better at that than I am. Why don't you do this for me? I'll keep doing what I'm doing. You do this. You can do this. You know, you just create that assistant team, so to speak, to help you along the way. So that's been working. And and I again, I encourage my clients as well to have that mentality that you don't have to do everything because you can't wear all those hats. Like you said, Tommy, there's no yep. way that you can wear all those hats. Yep. And, you know, we usually hire con uh, business consultants because we need optimization in some form of way. Right. How common do you see stress in the, in the workforce as being one of those, you can say, bottlenecks sure. within a business? Yeah, I think that, I mean, the stress is kind of a result of, I mean, there's stress every day, but it's like, what do you do with it? How bad is it? Did you create it? Is it real? So I look at stress, it's kind of a byproduct of something. Yep. If you're working towards a goal and you have a clear vision and you have the tools to do it and you're relatively emotionally stable and able to move forward, then the, the likelihood of stress goes way down. Obviously, in this type of situation we're in now, you know, stress is elevated. Yep. But unfortunately, I, I also think that stress can be mislabeled because fear, fear and stress don't necessarily have to be the same thing. Stress is stressing out on something that may or may not be true. Yep. Fear tends to not be true, right? So yep. I think yep. there's a difference between those two things. So stress is something we have an assessment for that we can really kind of dig in with people because the first question that somebody asks is, if they say I'm stressed, if, they, if I said, Tommy, oh my gosh, I'm stressed. Well, we want to understand what's stressing this person out, just like when we go to the doctor and say, I hurt. Right. They yep, say, well, yep. what hurts? You know, is it an arm, a leg? What is it? Right. And if we're not going to tell them, say, hey, you figure it out. <laughs> or they say, I don't know. I mean, you know, those aren't we're not giving the doctor very much to work with. So we have an assessment that kind of breaks it down into like seven different areas at work 
yep. to be able to really understand a little bit better what exactly is stressing you out so that we can start working towards a solution. Yeah, so at the Stressless Entrepreneur, what we like to do with stress is understand or create self-awareness on what is our stress threshold in the sense that you need to be self-aware of how you respond to stress because stress can be positive and it can be negative and we want we want positive stress so that you can help us be more effective at work but then that positive stress Mm -hmm. even though it is positive it can as soon as it goes past a certain threshold becomes negative so it's creating that self-awareness how can the stress quotient or your stress approach uh, in positive polarity assist with our stressless entrepreneurs in that regard? Yeah. So like I said, so the first step that I suggest is when you, you know, it's kind of like the 12 step program of any, you know, (laughs) of anything is the first thing is you got to confess, realize, admit that you have a problem. So if somebody's like, Oh my gosh, I'm stressed. If they're finally able to articulate that in words and say, I'm stressed, and we're kind of looking at work separate from home and we look at work and say, okay, what is it that is stressing you out? Mm-hmm. Are, are there too many demands in your day? Okay. Is there too much effort and not enough reward? You know, mm-hmm. is there, I don't have any control and that's what's stressing me out. Or there's so much organizational change. We're constantly changing the bar in our organization. Maybe it's my leadership, my manager, my supervisor, that's stressing me out. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't have enough support socially in my office. Or the last one, and is really a big one right now is I don't know about job security. Yep. You know, so those are seven things that we look at. So you take an assessment, and then it kind of gives you the results. And then you can better understand from those seven, and maybe even just thinking about those seven, Tommy, people are able to better identify, oh my gosh, there's way too many demands in my life right now. And the stress is way up here and there's no job security. You know, again, you can usually pinpoint two or three of these yep. that will really kind of rise to the top. And then you can start to identify creating some habits and some tools and tricks to be able to get that stress under control, which I'm sure that's a ton of what you're looking at is once you've identified that stress, how do you work through a meditation or breathing or, you know, things that way. So what do you find on your end, Tommy, that works the best? So that self-awareness response, but also being able to predict it. So writing it down in that if you know, for example, you tend to wake up late and get to work late and that's immediately causes you stress because you know you're you're huffing and puffing and you're you're rushing to your first meeting if you can schedule down that and predict that a bit earlier then there's a lot of ways that you can plan ahead and try to remove that stressor or that kind of environment or that demand so it's more about just planning the day and and journaling i find myself and I, i tell people that um is one of the best ways to manage your stress It's funny when you think about journaling, because when we do like an EQ assessment for emotional intelligence, you know, that's one of the things that they really are high on is, is, is journaling and think about it. You know, we're two guys and when's the last time you hung out with a guy and said, Hey, did you journal this week? You know, I mean, there's this like weirdness, right? About Mm -hmm. that. But there's really call what you will, writing it down, taking notes, I don't care, whatever. But at the end of the day, if journaling really does help 
you kind of work through a lot. We're able to also uncover some of the stressors, you know, some, what triggers you, you know, what's the trigger that's stressing you out? What's causing that to your point? Why are you always late? Well, you can stay late every day, but why can't you get to work whenever work starts? So yep. those, those are things that if you're able to work with, it sure makes life a lot easier to have victory over those areas. Yeah, yeah. Talking about stress and triggers, we know that when we are stressed, there is a natural tendency to retreat, especially when things get tough. I know that this is an approach that you you tackle head on and when it comes to business development. Right. Do you have any advice on how our entrepreneurs can develop a stronger and more resilient mindset when it comes to business and a hardship? Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. So I so right away my immediate thought is is when something comes to you we have this choice of either fight or flight you know we've all heard that right we either run in the opposite direction or we uh, we attack and so for us to be able to be self-aware enough to understand the right and correct response yep. because if i'm in my office right now and if i looked over my shoulder and there was a tiger in the room obviously i'm gonna flight i mean i'm not gonna sit here and try and fight them there's nothing there that is gonna i'm gonna win at that so there are right responses when it's time to fly when it's time to run when it's time to flight but we tend to have that also when if i looked over my shoulder and one of my coworkers came in why do we run away from that there's it's stress we don't want to add any more so i think the first understanding is to just take that first little whatever it is a few seconds to really kind of assess the situation that you're in and realize that you can run or you can stay and deal with the situation and whatever's healthiest for you is it, it, it takes practice and it's clunky at first, but eventually you're able to really be self-aware. I love that word that you use. You're able to be self-aware enough to really read the situation for what it is and try not to go emotional because as soon as we go emotional, we're done. And that's what we have to try and avoid is emotional responses to non-emotional situations. Yep. I love that you mentioned that when we do get stressed or have that uh, thought of being stressed, that we should just pause and mm -hmm. give a few seconds to assess and then read the situation. Right. Now, in business, the people that we work with, we usually see every day. Right. And these are interactions that happen multiple times throughout the day. So if you are stressed because of an interaction and you don't kind of resolve it there and then or you're not assessing it objectively, Mm -hmm. That could kind of have a snowballing effect with your relationship with that person or relationship with your customer or just you in internally in being able right. to deliver your service. Right. And without, yeah, you just, it takes practice to think first, you know, yep. I mean, it, it's kind of funny. My, I was raised where my dad would say, don't just stand there, do something. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and as I've been growing and learning, now I'm learning to say, don't just do something, stand there. You yeah, know, you kind yeah. of flip the words around because if you don't just stand there, do something, you're just doing whatever, right? And it might not be the right reaction. It might not be the right words. I mean, we've all said things we wish that we wouldn't have said. And it's really hard to take those words back. 
and especially in business, it's so hard for us to just stop for a minute and think. We wanna always be doing, 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 and especially if we have a high D personality, we always want results, we're always thinking. So I'm practicing in my own life to kind of just stop for a minute and think about what it is that I need to be doing rather than just go ahead and, and say something, do something, you know, react in a certain way. And, and that, you know, that just creates more stress. So the odd thing is, is in from a stress perspective, Tommy, I think we create more of it. We have a little bit and then our reaction can create more of it. And then yep. that reaction creates more and all of a sudden you're multiplying stress on top of stress. And before you know it, we don't see a way out. And then we just collapse or we run even farther and faster. So... Yeah, yeah. You spoke about internal demand before and then also external demands in the environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously, at the moment, we have COVID-19 and that's a, a very tough, you can say, ex external environment demand that's been pushed right. on to businesses. Do right. you see any common themes when it comes to businesses that are struggling at the moment? Part of it's difficult because I know for me, I tell my clients always have goals. You yep. know, always have written goals, whether it's a business plan, a sales plan, a marketing plan, you know, have some kind of plan, right? Mm -hmm. So we go into this 2020 and everybody's, the economy's humming along, unemployment's really low. I mean, we're in the U.S., we're, we're just really killing it. Yep. And so, you know, then this thing comes along and it kind of puts everybody, it stops, Yep. So now the plan number one that we had is no longer valid, potentially. And so now we're like, okay, we have to create a new plan, but the plan kind of changes because one week we're supposed to wear a mask, one week we're not, then we're supposed to wear, you know, it's like, it's, it's an ever-changing target. And yep. that creates stress. I mean, there's just no way around it, but yet you have to realize that I, I'm practicing this, that we we'll get through this and we will have positivity at the end of this, even though it doesn't feel like it. Eventually we're going to get back to whatever normal looks like for different people's different things. But I think that this is a stressful time and it's because of the fact that the, the goal keeps moving. It's kind of like a moving target that it's really hard to hit. And so it's really hard to continue to run your business when you're every week you're looking at creating different goals. So that's what I've been telling my clients is, you know what? It's okay to have a goal change. It's okay to have them shift. It's the, it's the environment that we're in right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as if you're stressed because there are rules and regulations that are constantly changing, but it's, right. it's your response to that change that's causing you stress. You know, it's, it's about, well, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this to me right. rather than, okay, they've done this. How can I take action to kind of adapt and be agile in that nature? Right. And which ones should I take? You know, I mean, it was windy here in the Midwest over the weekend. So the, there's an arm of the government that said, don't have any fires. Don't put any, no campfires, you know? Yeah. Yep. Well, like, okay. So now I'm at a point where I can't, I mean, the list of things that I can't do, Tommy, are like way bigger than the things that I can do. Right. Uh -huh. And it's like, at what point do you just, it's like, I can't keep following these rules. It's like, you know, that's where stress comes in mm. is like when you don't have a clear path 
on what to do. And it's hard, like I said before, it's hard to do nothing and just stand there, especially the way a lot of entrepreneurs are built. We're just coming out of our skin thinking, well, we got to do something. I don't care what, but go do something, you know, and, and that just adds to the stress, I think, as well. Yeah. And how's COVID-19 impacted both your family situation, but, but then also positive polarity? Yeah, so I my I have four grandkids and two kids. There, everybody's out of the house, so it's my wife and I. So, yep. you know, we live in the woods, so we don't really. It's not affecting us that much here, mm-hmm. but the inability to go and do what you want—restaurants, concerts, those sorts of things—but those are like gifts. You know, we kind of take it took it for granted for so long. Right, so right. this is kind of like a shift in my mindset thinking of, you know, I, I'm appreciating more of those things that I took for granted. So I like the fact that there's that recalibrating of my brain going on right now. Yep. Yep. So from that perspective, personally, it's, there's some positives there from the business perspective. A lot of the clients that I work with are in the business as usual type category. So it hasn't really affected us that much other than instead of in-person calls, we're doing a lot more Zoom calls like we're doing here. So Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's all our mindset. The glass is either half empty or it's half full. There's water in the glass. Maybe there's not even half, but it's still a quarter full, whatever. And so until you shift your mind and look at what's in the glass rather than what's not in the glass. It could be 98% full, Tommy, and you're still looking at that last 2% and you're not happy and you're stressing out over that 2%. Or you can look at the fact that there's still water in the glass, so to speak. So it's kind of a, it's a mindset that we, each of us get to choose which way we're going to go. Yeah. And there seems to be a, a stigma around virtual conferences and it's almost as if this has what's caused the paradigm shift to show mm-hmm. that, you know, virtual conferences do work and it does sure. improve productivity. And I'm really interested to see at the end of all these, looking at the numbers and how the total workforce goes back to actually working in the office versus who stays and works from right. home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, if, I know for me, I, I travel around the U.S. to speak. And so that obviously has come to a halt. But then yeah. now there are people starting to call. They're doing their association meetings virtually. They're doing their trainings virtually. So, you know, we're jumping in on that. It's But because of the fact that no one's ever had to do this before, it's all brand new. So it does feel uncomfortable. It is stressful. The first time we do anything, most of the time it's really stressful. You know, learning to drive was stressful. For me to learn how to ride my motorcycle was stressful. There's all these things, but then once you figure it out, then it it turns from stress to peace. So I think once we kind of get this, and we're starting to figure it out. I mean, what are we, eight, nine, 10 weeks into this right now? You know, so in the midst of our life, it's not very long, but boy, it feels like, you know, what I wouldn't do to sit at a bar and have a cheeseburger, you know, it's like, you know, so there and watch a live sporting event. I mean, I'm tired of watching the Super Bowl from 1974, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so 
Do you guys have any live stuff going? Any live sporting events going in Australia? No, so in Australia, we're still in lockdown. We're lifting some restrictions, but, you know, cafes can't have more than 10 people. Um, okay. I think funeral homes can't have more than 20. Weddings can't have more than 10. So we're slowly getting up to the point where we can have some events. I think gotcha. some of our, our footy, our football is coming back, but without okay. spectators, uh, sure. and, you know, obviously. Yeah, how fun <laughs> is that going to be for them on the field with no spectators? That's you know? right, that's right. We'll but see. it's... The, the the question is is how long they can sustain that because yeah. the revenue obviously obviously isn't coming in but you know that's something that we're just going to have to get through because when we speak yeah. about about sports although it's not an essential offering it does provide a lot of you can say entertainment but then there's that social aspect that sure. is, is a necessity for some people as well because otherwise yeah. it would drive us insane absolutely yeah i don't think we were designed to sit at home and and watch tv and be in the house all the time i mean even being in the yard i mean you got to have that to your point time you got to have that interaction and you got to have that connection with other people and that's really i'm glad that you know you're doing your your podcast i'm doing mine i'm trying desperately just to keep those connections going so that people can feel that connection until they hopefully we can get back to some some sense of normalcy so Yep. Let's let's talk about your podcast a little bit. Yeah. What's it What's it all about? What's it called? Yeah. Awesome. So it's actually going to be released in about four days. So we're just at that launch point. It's simply called Positive Polarity Podcast. Um, yep. Nothing Nothing real dramatic, but it's kind of the, what I what I've been what I wanted to do was make that connection between business growth and personal growth. And yep. so there, I, I my book's called Growing on Purpose that I wrote a couple years ago because there's so many people that grow by mistake and they just kind of go through the motions. So I really wanted to start finding people that are really, they're able to, to grow. Growth is so important. There's so many people that just show up every day to do their job and then they go home and then they go the next day and do their job and they kind of, they, they just kind of muddle through life trying to do as little as possible. And I just want to kind of help them realize that there's a different way that you can do this. I mean, we can have a more fun, we can be more engaged at work, we can contribute more. And that's the kind of the person that I am really looking at. Because when we did the research for the book, Gallup said in their poll that only one in three people show up every day to their job engaged in work. So that means two out of three people are not engaged. And that's just so hard for me. I've been so blessed my whole life to, to love the job that I did. So I don't know what it's like to like be looking and going, I got to do this for eight hours for five days a week, 50 weeks a year for the rest of my life. You know, there's a lot of those people that are in that spot. So my goal is to help them at least understand that there might be another option, whether it's trying to get more engaged at work, maybe it's trying to own your own business. You know, it, it looks yep. different for a bunch of different people. Yep. And, you know, you have one side where it's make a living from economic point of view and running a, a country, but then you also have the, the selfish side as well that you need to do things for yourself and be selfish. So it's understanding that balance and seeing how we can integrate the two so that right. the, the two parties or the, the two systems can be a happy right. medium. Yep, absolutely. So it's it should be fun. I'm excited to to kind of make that crossover between 
personal growth and business growth, because to your point, all about stress, I mean, that saddles both the personal and the professional, and there's just no way around it. Unfortunately, you know, so many people are battling stress right now. And so you've got to find ways for them to adjust, because if this goes on for, you know, the social distancing thing goes on for any length of time, people are just going to start snapping and just, yep. who you know, you already see they open up a beach and thousands of people go and they just kind of overindulge and no one wants to just put their foot in the water. They jump in, you know, yep. all full yep. body and, and, you know, whatever happens, happens. So I'm, I'm hoping that we can help people in their engagement in their office and in their, in their business. So that's yeah. our hope. Yeah, talking about beaches as well, in Australia, we had to close our beaches because people weren't following the social distancing uh, regulations. And then we lifted the regulations and allowed people to go to the beach to exercise. But but then... uh, What does that mean, right? Yeah. yeah. And we just ended up having a bunch of people just sitting in the sands in groups and not really exercising. So right. the, the beaches had to be closed again <laughs> because no one went listening again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, it's, and that's going to be hard. I mean, it's so hard, right? Mm. I mean, for us, summer is about to come. We're in late spring. Well, we're in the middle of spring. So yep. in Australia, what's, what are you guys in? We're approaching winter at the moment. So it's starting to get a bit cold. Okay. And winter to you means like freezing water does is water you get ice on the water type thing no no so oh. where <laughs> in, in certain areas we do get some ice but okay if, if i'm talking in degrees you're talking about lowest would be zero degrees which would okay. be what, 32 37 yeah Fahrenheit? so 32 yeah. for us yeah so yeah, yeah. i mean it was tw- it was in the 20s yesterday it'll be in the 20s tonight so and this is may so right, this is right. not supposed <laughs> to happen right christmas December for us, January is supposed to be our cold months and we're still in May. So we're, we don't, I don't believe in whatever global warming. Cause if it is, it isn't happening here. So yep, yep. <laughs> it's, it's way too cold for global warming. So your book growing on purpose, the formula to strengthen your team and improve your customer experience. Yeah. And then you have your podcast now, uh, the positive polarity podcast. What were some of the challenges in both mediums that you went through as you were developing both products? Yeah, for sure. So the book was fun to write. It was, I actually had a co-writer on the first one because I had all these ideas and I didn't know what to do with them. So she did a great job of writing them down and making them make sense. And so that was really what I, you know, I needed that for the first book. I'm working on my second book now called What Blind Spots. Um, there's three main business blind spots that we work through in the book. So the first one for growing on purpose, though, the hard part was getting those words onto paper and making them make sense because, you know, they make sense in our mind, right? Yep, yep. And then when we put them on paper, it's like, wow, that's, that wasn't what I wanted to say. So I needed an inter- intermediary to kind of help along with that. So that was fantastic. That worked out really well. We got to be number one in Amazon in three categories. So that mm-hmm. was great. The podcast, because of the fact that I am so not technological, I just have virtual assistant that's helping me do this because I enjoy this interaction that we're having right here. 
yep. Tommy, but to take it and to then, uh, you know, record it and then to put show notes and then to this and all the stuff that the back room stuff, that's not me. That's not my personality. So that's been the challenge there is to find a partner that I am able to jump on with so that she can do what she's good at, just like my clients. They do what they're good at. Yep. I do what I'm good at. When we're able to really understand our roles, then the sky's the limit. So that's been awesome for me is to find people that can do what they're good at, and then I do what I'm good at. So, so far, so good. Yeah, that's great to hear. And it's, it's about practicing what you preach, isn't it? You know, you know that this isn't yeah. your, your strong point. So you, yep. in terms of efficiency, this is the best way for you to go about it. And if you don't do it, then you won't have a product. And if right. you do have a product, it won't be to the standards yep. that you expect it to be. So yeah, that's great. Absolutely. Yeah, you would not want, yeah. I mean, and that you wouldn't want me doing accounting work. There's certain things you just, I just know that I'm not strong with and I just give it away to people. It's so much easier. But if you have a, a, a pure knowledge, because there are a lot of people that have a desire to learn mm-hmm. and that's fine. If you are an entrepreneur and you're growing your business and you want to learn accounting, that's fine. As long as it doesn't hurt your vision of your company and add stress to your life. We want this to be the stressless entrepreneur, like you said, and anything that adds stress, we need to dig into and find out how to give that away, hopefully to somebody else that's way better at it than you'll ever be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And in the stressless entrepreneur, I do preach about three concepts uh, when it comes to making a decision on whether you should learn something or not. And it's about, there's that personal fulfillment. There's the upskilling and then there's the wealth uh, impacts. So, sure. you know, by learning something, you may not make a lot of return on investments, but you can be highly upskilling and increase your fulfillment from that as well. So that's Absolutely. A, a metric that you can use to kind of say, well, I am benefiting, just not from a, a monetary value way. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, depending on what motivates the individual, what drives them. Some people are driven by knowledge. So learn away, learn as much as you can. Some people are also driven by money, which again, there's no right or wrong thing that drives us. We just, the the better off that we more self-aware we are of what drives us, then we can create our path that will align best with that. And then, you know, we're having fun doing it. We're making money, we're fulfilled, whatever it is. It's just that, that, really drops that stress level a ton too so yep yep no that's great to hear dave that's all we have time for today awesome well thank you so much it's been a pleasure thank you for coming on the show yeah thanks for uh you're a day earlier so you already know what tomorrow's like i have no clue what tomorrow's (laughs) like and you're already experiencing it so don't tell me what it's like okay i'll find out on my own (laughs) thank you (laughs) awesome thank you there you have it guys Thank you for tuning into the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast with me, your host, Tommy Bowie. If you like what you've heard today, please make sure you subscribe to our show and share this podcast with your friends. Leave us a review so that we can take on your comments, grow with you as a channel, and keep providing you quality, stress-free content. If you have a story to tell or just want to say hi, drop me an email on hello at the stresslessentrepreneur.com. I'll catch you all on the next episode.